Hello friends, Thomas here coming to you before the episode to tell you about Zencaster, the podcast platform that we use to produce the Reason Together podcast. Perhaps you've been listening for a while and you've thought, hey, that sounds like a neat thing to do. I'd love to try my hand at podcasting. I'll tell you how you can do it. You can go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code RTP and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences we do for all of our podcasting and content needs, it's time to share your story. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code RTP for 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. Now on to the program. She's sending this baby off in an asphalt little box, you know, this asphalt basket. And I'm thinking, I get to see that. Blah, 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 Hello, friends, and welcome back to Reason Together, the podcast for Christians who think about stuff. I'm Thomas, here with my good friend, Daniel. Howdy, howdy. Episode. Yes. Hey, how are you? Doing doing well. Doing well. Good. Good. Well, and I hope our patrons are doing well, our wonderful patrons, uh, who we like to thank at the beginning of every episode because they help uh, keep this podcast supported financially. We appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, so thank you to all of you. We do have a new elite patron uh, who's joined the ranks there, uh, going only by the uh, three letters CHG in our forum. <laughs> uh, so, welcome CHG. I, I, yeah, welcome CHG. I think I know who it is, but I'm not going to say. Um, <clears throat> but welcome. We appreciate you supporting this yes, podcast. Thank you so much. And you said on the elite level. On the elite level, yes. Fantastic. Wow, thanks so much. Yep. Now, if you guys are listening and you have no idea what we're talking about, um, we're talking about patreon.com slash reason together. And uh, that is the place on the internet where you can go and support this podcast for a dollar amount of your choosing, if you so wish. It's completely voluntary. Uh, but if you do that, you get some perks available that um, include things like access to our members-only site where you can uh, comment on episodes and start discussion topics and ask questions and just kind of uh, gather together with other people who are of like mind and uh, similar philosophy as far as wanting to, to reason together about stuff. Uh, some of yeah. the other perks include getting a t-shirt. If you join the elite level, we'll send yes. you one of our reason together t-shirts. Um, but more than that, you get a great case of the feels, right? Because <laughs> uh, you... <laughs> Is, is that an outdated saying now? <laughs> I don't know that, that I've one, ever heard that. Really? <laughs> Great I, it, I, I think it's one of those sayings that kind of came and went, and I wonder if I'm now kind of <laughs> a, a, a nerd for using it. But uh, anyway, all that to say, you'll feel better about yourself because you supported the Reason Together podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that overstating it? Um, no, maybe not. I, I don't know. I, okay. I hope that's how they, how they feel. Yeah. I hope so too. Anyway, thank you to all of you patrons. Uh, reason together. Oh, good grief. Patreon.com slash reason together. And you can become a patron or you can head over to reason together.fm and just find everything else. Your little heart would like to find about reason together. Uh, we have a blog over there where there's a series of articles that have just been written on the dangerous destroyer of worlds known as feminism 
and it's in the church. So check check out reasontogether.fm. You can find those articles over there. And there's a series of other writers that have written on there as well, other than yours truly, including Daniel Fox and many other names that you might recognize. Um, dare I say no, that, uh, dare I tease yeah. the fact that uh, our store might be growing soon too. I'm so excited about that. We won't be, we won't get into specifics. No, not yet. No, no, no. Nope. Yeah, might be premature, but, uh, okay. I think it's okay to tease it a little bit. That yeah. Yeah. There might be some new products available coming soon. Yes. So I want to jump into something here before we get to our first question or our, our full on discussion, uh, I, I have to tell you today, I I got some comic relief. You know, it's good to have that now and then in a day. Um, uh, and I was, I looked something up and it was a translation. Okay? okay. And I'm not diving into a big translation issue here, but I laughed so hard. I was crying. I was, I was telling, I was reading it to my wife and I was crying. I mean, my abs hurt, you know, it was one of those, like, <laughs> like I need some air kind of laugh. So now yeah. that I'm laughed out, I may not laugh much now, Okay. but it started because I was listening to a guy preaching and, it, and I have no idea really who he is. I mean, I kind of know where he's from, but just because I, I looked on it, but I was on sermon audio and I was looking for uh, a sermon on a specific thing. And so that sermon happened to come up and I thought, okay, I'll listen to it, see what, you know, he has to say about it because you just don't seem to find much on, uh, on that particular thing. So, um, so I was listening to the guy and in the sermon, he, whatever translation he was using, he said, uh, uh well, what I was listening for was the tower of Babel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be preaching on that and, uh, and was getting, you know, listening to hear what he had to say. And, um, and he he referenced that, uh, you know, a verse there in either later 10 or early 11 of, of the book of Genesis. And he said, I think it was this verse, uh, Genesis 11, 3, um, and, and the Holman Bible, it's, and it's actually in a couple translations, but the Holman Bible says, they said to each other, come, let us make oven fired bricks. They used brick for stone and asphalt for mortar. And I was like, asphalt, you know, because obviously there's a definite connotation in my mind, what asphalt is, you know, this stuff that you make, you make roads with. So asphalt, what, what translation is that? So I got online and I, and I did a real quick look and I found that, uh, I think there's at least these two translations that use the word asphalt. And, uh, and what really tickled me though, was when I looked at the other passage where the word is used, where that word is used in that translation. So, so you've got the one that's in the Tower of Babel, then you've got a little bit later, um, in the, in the King James, it's slime, right? We mm-hmm. say slime pits, right? Yeah. But then when you get to Exodus chapter two and verse three, you'll, you'll notice what the verse is when I start reading it. It's so funny, but when she could no longer hide him, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with asphalt and pit. <laughs> and I was like, wait, Moses was in an asphalt basket. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so she, she's like, she's sending this baby off in an asphalt little box, you know, this asphalt basket. And I'm thinking, I get to see that blah, 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 blah. <laughs> an asphalt basket. I was just like, oh my goodness. Uh, you know, I could see, I could sleep, I could see slime or tar, you know, yeah. she covered it with pitch. Isn't that what asphalt it. is? Isn't it tar? Well, maybe it is. To me, I think when I think asphalt, maybe I'm the dummy here, but when I think asphalt, I think like 
road, like concrete almost. And I know it's not concrete, but like it's this mixture. Like, uh, that like you, pavement. Pavement. Like that's what I'm thinking. So like obviously. The aggregate in it, like the, the, right, the stones in it. Think. Uh, recently, we've been having this huge uh, uh, road rework project in our area where the machine goes by. It's just fascinating to watch where there's like three or four different things hooked up, you know, the dump truck dumping the stuff into this big machine that's just laying this sheet down. It's really fascinating. But that's that is a cool of, piece of equipment. It is, it is fascinating. Um, yeah. And what I understand is they go, they recycle it and bring it back and use it again. But yeah. Um, anyway, that just struck me because I'm thinking like of this heavy duty substance in, in a sense, yeah. you know, so, so she's, so she makes this basket, like, like what ends up sort of being like a rock basket. You picture like she paved it. <laughs> That's right. She like covered it in concrete, you know, like I hope this floats. And, uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. I laugh so hard. Now, um, this could be my ignorance of what asphalt is, but I just, asphalt has this connotation to me that I'm like, yeah. asphalt or like asphalt, or asphalt for mortar. Okay. Yeah. I, guess, I think but asphalt just, is just tar or, or like tar. A, okay. <laughs> a, a bit, bitumen. Bitumen, I think is the, uh, yeah. the old school term for it, but okay. Yeah. I think yep. when it's mixed with aggregate, it's just asphalt pavement. Asphalt pavement. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Only reason I know that is because when we lived in Connecticut, <clears throat> they were repaving all the roads around us with asphalt pavement. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, I'm like, great. They're going to repave our road. <laughs> and they get to our road, and they come through and they spray this black tar down on the road. Oh. And it was it was legit sticky. And they spray this, and I'm thinking, okay, this is just the first layer, right? This is the first pass, and they're going to come through and lay pavement over top of it. A little while later, they come through, and they just dump a bunch of gravel on top of this tar. (laughs) Wait a minute. We're going to get a new paved road here. Yeah, and then they bring through this steamroller, and he just rolls over it, and they call it good. Because we lived on a little one-way road. So they paved all the roads around us with asphalt pavement. And they just paved ours with asphalt and gravel. Ah, okay. And yeah. this was this was maybe a year ago, year and a half. Um, so that's the only reason I that I would know that that asphalt I think is just tar. Yeah, yeah. So as I look it up, yeah. so I see. Yeah, I'm learning here. It says a brownish black solid or semi solid material consisting of bitumens, bitumens, whatever that is. Is that how you say I'm, it? I don't know. <laughs> Obtained from native deposits or a petroleum byproduct and used in paving, roofing, and waterproofing. But then it can also mean, it says, this material mixed with crushed stone, gravel, or sand used for paving or roofing. So apparently the asphalt can be a broader term too. But yeah, okay. All right. Well, that makes sense. (laughs) Well, that's kind of like too where it says, uh, I'm thinking, I forget where it is, but it it talks in the New Testament about uh, pennies, right? The word pennies. uh Yeah. Yeah. And when they're hired. In, and yeah, in my mind's eye, I always picture like little things with Abraham Lincoln's face a on copper it. Copper penny. That's right. Yeah. I work for yeah. a whole day. You're giving me a penny. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, I think the word there is like denarius, uh-huh. which was the actual coinage that was used there. But in the King which James, it's pennies. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, that, that's what I always picture is American pennies. But. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it just says you got to do your study when even, even in the King James, you got to look at the word and say, now what was meant by that? Right. And do yes. a little research. True. So, uh, there's stuff here that I think you've added and, uh, uh, and I need explanation. I don't even understand what the, uh, 
Oh, if she is there, I might need some explanation myself. <laughs> what did I put here? Um, oh yes, I thought I would mention this real quick, and I, I. So the one thing I did listen to, I like to recommend things that I like on occasion mm-hmm. on here mm-hmm. because I want to help promote uh, brethren who I think are doing a really great job with something. Mm-hmm. And there is another podcast that I wanted to kind of plug on here. Ooh, okay. And some of you might know about this one already. Um, it is called Exempla. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the podcaster's name is Nathan. I think it's Nathan Brown. Um, and I just, I've been listening for quite a while, actually, probably I want to say since it started, I think I've listened to all of them and they're always great. They're short, maybe 10 or 11 minutes long usually. And I just think like in the last couple of months, I think he's changed a little bit, like what he's doing with it, where it's just, it's, it's even better than before. And the quality with which it's done is top notch. Um, and he tells a story of some kind and then links it to biblical truth. So it's entertaining to listen to, but it's also, uh, really just a a blessing to hear these stories sometimes as well. And you learn some interesting insights from them. And he had one recently about, um, the writer of the hymn, it is well with my soul, Mm -hmm. uh, Horatio Spafford. And I don't want to spoil it for you, but it was very fascinating. I learned something I did not learn about that man, but I also learned a valuable perspective uh, about other people. And and again, I'm I'm saying it like that because I don't want to give it away, but (laughs) go, go, go find on your favorite podcast player, the podcast called Exempla by Nathan Brown. Um, and uh, one of our patrons actually is uh, originally put me onto that podcast. Um, yeah, well, I'm go, looking go at it. Go subscribe and yeah, and I'm looking at it right now. Stories. I just subscribed to it, and that's the thing he says in that second episode. He <laughs> said, uh, "Listen, as I explain my passion for good storytelling with an eternal purpose, we all love stories, and they have a way of capturing our imagination and making us think." I yeah. resonate with that. I I want to become a great storyteller myself. I think that really captures the the mind of people that, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're made to enjoy stories. So, and yep. much of the scripture is in story and understanding the story of scripture. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it'll be worth your while uh, to listen to that. And the other one, and I'm kind of, uh, I'm a little late to the game with, I did not get a chance to listen to it yet. The okay. only reason I'm plugging it is because uh, a family member of mine was a guest on a podcast recently okay. called the, the Missionary Perspective. Okay. And uh, my brother-in-law, Matthew, is uh, on deputation with his wife and little girl, and they're going to be going to uh, West Africa, to the Ivory Coast as missionaries. And he was interviewed on this podcast. And I had never heard of this podcast before. Um, so I really don't know, don't, don't know much about it. I haven't listened to any of it, but, um, my, my brother-in-law was on there and I'm going to listen to it. You'd probably, uh, get a blessing listening to it. I'm sure I've, I've heard some of what um, Matthew talks about and, and I'm sure there's more on there as well. So yeah, the one right before Matthew, uh, episode 52 is Dr. Bud Stedman, um, personal mentor of mine, uh, I highly respect. And so, um, yeah, that'd be a good one too. I bet. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to plug some, some things where I think there are some brethren doing 
good works with things and, and wanted to help share them around um, and uh, get them whatever other exposure we can get them. So, yeah, good. Um, boy, when you were saying that, I thought, well, there's something I would want to uh, recommend too. And I don't, uh, now I don't remember. Oh yeah. It's my uh, memory pills. Uh, so I was going <laughs> to, no, I don't, it'll come around eventually. Okay. So what's this next one you have at the bottom of the list there? Yeah. Okay. This one, uh, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, this may surprise you, <laughs> but I, I am a man with a few pet peeves. I'm shocked. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on occasion, I happen to get on a soapbox or two <laughs> and I, I was at work, um, a couple weeks ago. And one of the things that it seems people talk about incessantly is their pets. Um, and, and okay. So the, the issue isn't specifically about that. Okay. You'll see where I'm going with this in a moment, because in the absence of talking about anything of substance, like, like people at, at jobs these days, they don't want to talk about politics. They don't want to talk about religious things because I think people are more fragile than they've ever been ever in the history of mankind. Um, yeah, so they don't want to talk about anything controversial, yep. <clears throat> fragile and low information people. Um, so they tend to talk about anodyne things and, you know, talking about the weather is kind of the thing people used to talk about when they wanted to talk about something anodyne, mm-hmm. but that's kind of like, Everybody knows it's anodyne now. So now we've come up with another thing to talk about that's just kind of bland and filler and fills time and doesn't hurt anybody's feelings. So let's all talk about our pets. So <laughs> um, it's like every conversation seems to come back to pets in one way or another. And they talk about the pets doing the most disgusting things in the house that they have to clean up, right? I won't even, you know, the thing is that pets do if you have pets and they talk about it, like that's just what animals do. Right. And, and it is, that's, (laughs) if you're going to have pets, you should expect that sort of thing. And they're not really complaining about it. Okay. Mm -hmm. But then the conversation turns to children. Mm -hmm. Now this is where to me, it takes a more serious turn and, and really kind of grieves my heart. Because the way they talk about children is far different. So they talk about the things children do in the house. And they sound frustrated and angry. And (laughs) they sound inconvenienced by it. And they talk about they would love to just come home and not have to deal with their kids. Or they'd love to take a vacation from their kids. Or they'd love to hire someone to come and entertain their kids for a while so they can go do something else. Or someone else at work was talking about, well, I don't ever want to have kids. And they got like five dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, t- to me, there's something lopsided here. Mm, yeah. I mean, I think you can see it, but I just don't know sure. if everybody sees that. That he, It's like, are you even listening to yourself? I, I want to say. It's like you're talking this. So the dog can literally, and I don't mean to be graphic here, but the dog can literally come and, and wipe its backside on your couch cushions that you now mm-hmm. have to shampoo out. And that's just what animals do. And you talk about, oh, silly pet, silly pet. But then your kid does the exact same thing, you know, and you just want have to have someone come take your kids away. 
for a while. Something's lopsided with the way our Mm -hmm. culture thinks Mm -hmm. about children. And to hear some of the younger people that, that are out there in the world today talk about, you know, they, they told their significant other when they got involved in this relationship that I don't ever want to have kids. If you're not good with that, then we're not good for each other. To me, you're just a selfish person. Well, yeah, that's, that's really what, what it boils down to is raising children and doing it right. is going to take so much work. Um, and mm-hmm. it's going to take, take sacrifice and you don't, you don't see, um, an immediate or a financial payout of it. You know, yeah. I can, I can, I can go to work and maybe it's an inconvenience and I, I put in labor and even sacrifice for some overtime, but then I get the cash, right? You know, I get, I get paid almost immediately for that with kids. You're pouring in and pouring in now. Uh, now, now the flip side of it is, is that they do give you peace. And for, I was listening to a podcast recently and it was talking about, and you, you probably remember the, um, the, uh, acrostic, but there's some, there's some sort of, uh, you know, acronym going around now that has to do with, you know, twenties and no kids or single and no kid or, or whatever it is. It's, you know what it, I'm talking about? It rings about? a bell, but I can't remember it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But kind of just, uh, just celebrating the fact that I can do what I want. You know, I can get up at 10 and make whatever food I want and waste the day. And isn't this glorious? And and I I remember where I was, I was working on a glazing. I was glazing a window at the time at the outside of the garage. And I was like, I think at at the time I was thinking, okay, well that might work now, but in 40 years when you're getting old and you're lonely, Mm -hmm. um, you, you don't have anything, you know what I mean? And yeah, you know, you're, you're still self-centered and wanting everybody to revolve around you and, and that's not working so well or whatever. But the fact is yeah. you don't have kids to, uh, to come home or kids to go visit or grandkids yeah. for that matter. And so right now it just seems like, Oh, I'm getting everything I want because it's feeding my in- immediate want for comfort and self-serving, which, which babies don't necessarily do, right. um, because they require a lot of work. Yeah. Um, But I I guess what, and and maybe it almost makes me irrationally angry (laughs) that people will call their, their pets, their fur babies or their fur children or whatever other stupid and ridiculous thing they want to call their pets who are not children. And they'll literally just laugh at the disgusting things that their pets do that they have to clean up after. And, and it doesn't seem inconvenient to them at all. And then the slightest little thing a kid does and they're just, you know, all oh, kids are terrible. I just, I don't understand. It, it just, it frankly just ticks me off. Um, you think there's something, you think there's something deeper than that? Uh, or, or are we overthinking it to say that they don't like the children as well because the children work on a higher intellectual plane and are kind of a copy of them? Uh, yeah, I think you're touching on it. And I think that is the difference is that you don't have to invest in such a way in an animal that really matters. So like you can invest time in an animal, you can invest energy and you can get yourself dirty and spend a lot of money on taking care of pets, but, but you never, you never ruin the soul of a pet, right? You're you're never going to send a pet to hell with your foolish choices or your lack of instruction. Um, And the thing is, I think Mm. 
no matter how much people want to say humans are just a higher order of animals, I think even the most selfish of pigs out there today who talk this way about children, I think they know that if they have a child and they ruin it, they've ruined a living soul. And to them, having a pet is a lower risk. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I do think that uh, the perspective of children, <laughs> this is kind of taking the conversation a different direction. I don't know that I how much we want to go there, but I think that's an, one of the next things coming down the pike as, as we're sort of being slapped in the face by uh, sudden cultural shifts that were sort of working slowly for a long time. You know, you had the, you had the homosexual agenda, it seems like in the works for a long time. And all of a sudden, wham, 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 with almost a one, two puncher in a transgender uh, culture that's, you know, you know, we're like, Whoa, we didn't see this coming or whatever. But so trying to think, well, what are we going to see down the road? The next target is is children. Of course, the target already is children, but children in a different way. And and just like if you can get uh, if you can get um, you know twentieth century people in a European country to see another race of people as less than people, then you can yeah. maybe more easily see them extinguished. Well, if I can see if 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 perverts out there can begin to see and justify in their mind that we're all animals or children are mm -hmm. this or that, or they don't deserve these rights or they're just whatever. Then they become, um, then, then these children become prey to, yeah. you know, the, the sinful imagination. Yeah. And, and so I, I just don't, I, at a certain point, I wonder, I wonder if some men even do realize the value of a human soul of a child's soul, you know? I don't know. Yeah. And uh, maybe that does, you know, turn the conversation, uh, you know, around a corner a bit, um, which I'm fine with doing if you want to, but I just wanted to make one more point. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, and I guess one of the things that makes me so upset about it is that I know Christian families that, and, and honestly, some who are not Christian families <clears throat> that I've met in the past who would love to have children. Oh yeah. And, and yeah, physically yeah. they can't. And for them, I don't ever hear them talking that way about children. Mm -hmm. They would mm -hmm. love to have children. And then you have these punks and, and maybe I'm feeling a little feisty tonight. You can probably tell, but that's what they are. They're punks. They're talking about children. Like they're just the most awful thing in the world. Mm -hmm. And that yeah, just kind of right. frustrates me. Yeah. Yeah. It does have obviously evidence their own shallowness and immaturity um, mm -hmm. and selfishness. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can, I can, I can see the frustration there. Hey, let me let me take it to a lighter side um, yeah, and just please, ask because uh, I'm ask you this um, as blood pressures up <laughs> as you're talking about pets, and I think about as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, thinking through reasoning through in a sense to say, um, okay, God's design for animals um, and and the uh, domestication of animals, <laughs> obviously. Um, animals can be trained. And we see that we, we would expect that that's a part of the stewardship and of managing the creation when he says exercise dominion over it to, sure. to, to train a horse and to saddle him up and to hook on a harness and a plow is just wise. It's <laughs> smart, you know? Yeah. Um, and to use the oxen for what they did and, and the, uh, and the donkey and things like that. Um, 
but then you think of domestication in the sense of, so I guess, you know, a trained horse in some ways is domesticated, but um, to domesticate something and bring it into the house for the sole purpose of just making me happy because it's cute walking around and laying on my couch or whatever. Um, yeah, you're, you, so you're going to get yourself into trouble <laughs> a little bit. I'm just asking and, the question. You know? um, well, see, well, see, I, I've gotten myself into trouble on this subject before. Yeah. Um, well, and so and I have be, to say be, that be careful. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say I can't say that it's wrong if if you say, well, this is meeting um, a desire of mine, and I'm training yeah. this animal to live in my home. And, um, okay, that's what I did. It, it pleased me and it served right. a purpose. Fine. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily see a problem with that, but then when it begins to blur the line, the distinction of the human versus the animal, where it's right. obvious that humankind was the apex of creation and was given the mandate to have dominion over everything else. So there was an obvious difference in kind in, in uh, they have a soul, but not the same kind of soul. It doesn't say that God breathed into them the breath of life and they became a living soul. Um, so, so mankind has a different kind and an eternal soul and is made in yeah. the image of God. So obviously humankind is so far above animal kind. It doesn't, it doesn't warrant uh, or excuse abuse. Yeah. Uh, the Bible speaks directly right. against that. Right. So, I mean, there's obviously a balance there, but when we start to merge the two and love an animal, um, like a human or to the replacement of a human, you know, or e even in our speech. Um, yeah, I think you have to be careful there. Now, I, yeah. that, and, and I want to echo, you can I love an animal. Uh, and I don't disagree with that either. You know, that you can love an animal because it is a precious thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, and it was important to you, whether it's because of the work that it did or the relationship that you had. Um, I, I don't discount that, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. And I want to echo that. You know, I don't have any problem with people having pets or having emotions about pets. Right. I, I just, what I have an issue is when the emotions become elevated to the point of it almost being like another human. And um, then when you demote the human and don't even allow it the same privilege you're saying as the animal, right? it doesn't, it doesn't deserve the same degree of patience, you know, as, right. as the animal who does the same disgusting things. Right. Right. Interesting. One other thought when you, t when we talk about, I mentioned people that are, you know, kind of celebrating, uh, their singleness and their freedom from children. I tend to think, and what's your thought? Um, but I tend to think, um, even in laugh, you know, even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful that I wonder if that's a cover up because, <laughs> they are yeah. sad people and 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 they would they would genuinely love a child mm -hmm. they they would they if they had a child they would be transformed in a way yeah but i don't know if it's they can't or they don't want all the commitment and the and the, and the structure yeah. that goes with being <laughs> a parent you know that i actually have to be in a committed relationship you know <laughs> and uh sure and, and and i doubt that the I doubt that the narrative ever takes place in in such a clear uh, statement in their mind that I True. feel sorrowful, so I'm going to drum up joyful emotions to cover my sorrowful ones, and I'm just going to embrace this decision to make myself happy. I don't think it actually goes through that sort of mental calculus. I think that self-deception is the easiest kind. <clears throat> mm. 
Like you can, you can lie to all sorts of people and you're probably not going to fool, you know, too many of them. <laughs> uh, you, you will fool some, but not all, but yet you can lie to yourself every single time you want to. Um, <clears throat> and, and you'll believe it every time if you want to. We have and an amazing think, capacity to justify things. Yeah, we do. Well, and not just justify, but literally believe a false thing. If we tell ourselves mm. to mm-hmm. believe it, if you want to believe it. And I think you're right. I think people who do, you know, claim that they're so happy without kids, I think they know deep in their soul that they're they're really unwilling to learn sacrifice for another human being. Hmm. They know that. They they know that they're inherently selfish. Something deep inside their soul knows that. There's that conscience that's been written on the heart, Romans mm-hmm. chapter two, right? Um, but they're so good at suppressing good truth and, and knowledge mm-hmm. and, and, and so good at elevating falsehood, I think they deceive themselves into thinking they're happy when hmm. they're not. And they've replaced true joy with things and experiences and self-gratification. Huh. Okay. Um, here's uh, to switch conversation, if I could, <clears throat> to some feedback that we had. Yes. Um, this was what I was thinking of earlier when you were making a recommendation because of our feedback. Someone asked me, uh, said I was listening to number 187 and you, Pastor Dan, mentioned a new kids program you're starting. You didn't say the name of what you're starting, though. Is it Kids for Truth or something else? It sounded a lot like Kids for Truth, uh, what they do at their church. Um Haley, thanks for the question, and I'm glad to tell you what we do. I, I am excited about it and uh, and pretty uh, kind of amped up about it, um, and I look forward to even sharing it with our church people and giving them uh, the philosophy of why we're doing it. Now, I'll tell you what it is. It's not, we call it Kids for Truth. Actually, that is exactly what we call the program, but it is not using the curriculum of that title um, that is that is available out there on the market. Uh, it's actually uh, using a uh, curriculum called, if I remember correctly, it's Truth Trackers. Um, Truth Trackers, they have a couple different age brackets. One, the older age bracket, like say four to, fourth to sixth grade is, um, is Faith Force. First through third grade is Scripture Spies. And then they even have a Tiny Trackers, which is for the younger grades. Um, so what we did, um, part of it is built into the program and the other part, I'm not sure that maybe it's just kind of the way we hybridized it. Um, but, um, the kids, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited about this. I'll give you a little promo. They, they're not paying me to do this, but I'm going to give you a little promo. Uh, the way we work this system is they have what's called a forgiven booklet. It's like a, it's like a square tract similar to the bridge tract. Um, but it's very much on a kid's level and you can read it to the, to the, to get. And, uh, so what they have to do is they have to, uh, they have to earn their book and they earn the book by the taking this forgiven booklet and they'll, they, one of, uh, our leaders will read through the booklet with them and then they will go home and uh, have a parent read it through with them. So what you're doing is number one, you're getting the gospel into every home you're interacting with the parent or with a guardian or with someone in that home about what you're doing. Um, And then when they bring that back and they've got it signed by their leader and by their parent, then they earn a book. The book uh, is, I think it's 36 weeks worth of daily devotions, a systematic memory plan that's qualitative, not quantitative, and essentially like a, um, 
a uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, we talk about when you have the rote answers, when you when you give a question, have an answer. Like a catechism? Uh, catechism. Thank you. In catechism format. So what they're doing is I think it's over the course of three years, they cover 18 doctrines. So each wow. year they're covering six doctrines and each of the weeks uh, of the lessons are learning a specific scripture verse that answers a specific question. So it's not it's not answering it in a catechism in a way that's like man's wording. It's just using the verse as the answer to the question. Um, it's not memorizing as many verses as you can off of a hundred verse list. It's one verse a week. And and then in the book, it it guides them, it gives them a visual to uh, to help them remember to mark it down to keep track of this, but they're encouraged to review the verse three different ways every day. Number one, they read the verse to someone else, like to a parent. Again, you're engaging the parent or someone else in the process. Number two, they're encouraged to write down the first letter of every word of the question and then of the verse. It's just it's just a memory device. And then number three, um, I'm trying to think of what the third one is here. Let's see. The third one is to um, touch each word of the verse as you say it. It's just a tactile approach. Uh, again, to engage another sense in the memorization process, so so you're 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 providing them. A, a, and as we had a, as we had a meeting prior to starting up this ministry, you know, some different things were coming out of what we wanted to see this ministry accomplish. Well, this was this was ticking the boxes. It was giving them a daily devotional. It was giving them a scripture memory program, but it was tying it together with a systematic study of specific doctrines and 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 tying answers you know verses to questions bringing in parental involvement um introducing it with a tract so that they earn the book i mean there were so many different things then the way that we sort of maybe hybridized it was that instead of just having one ministry leader um and saying uh everybody's going to sort of see kids for truth as that person instead what we did is as we made several ministry teams i call them um um, mentor teams, I think. And I, uh, I, uh, I took our volunteers and I separated them into teams. And then I assigned the kids as, uh, uh, to two specific teams. So when they come into the, to, uh, to that Wednesday night ministry for the first 15 minutes, they meet with their team. Now, the pro of that is that now, not only am I engaging one person in our church with these young people, I'm engaging about a dozen people or more in our church with these young people. I'm integrating people. Uh, I'm integrating the congregation into the ministry with these young people uh, that now are building a relationship with these young people, not just one person, but several people. And, um, and so you're getting those mentor teams involved, developing those relations on a smaller group level. And then after 15 minutes, they all go out, play a game. Um, they separate a little bit by age. Uh, the younger ones, what they would call the tiny trackers, are separated off. Um, and then they all have the same lesson because in the Scripture Spies and in the Faith Force book, they're dealing with the same doctrine, uh, same, um, I'm not sure if it's the same memory verse, but it's a, it's a graded memory verse. And it's graded lessons, so it's on their on their age level, but they're dealing with the same doctrine as they go through. So you can keep them on the same lesson and, and teach the same lesson to all of them. Um, so I I was really excited about seeing this startup, and we, you know you're kind of working through bugs as you go along, but they, there's a point s- structure with it where they um, where by saying by uh, by reviewing their verse, by doing their devotions. Um, and maybe by one or two other things, they earn points and they gain, the, they, they, they accrue those points 
uh, over time. And the way we're, we're doing it is every month, then there will be a store and they get to spend their points in the store. And so it's an incentive program for, you know, helping them to stay, stay up and, and be excited about, you know, another reason to be excited about doing the devotions. And so, um, anyway, I've, I've been real excited about it. So we, so to answer your question, we call it kids for truth, but it's actually not the kids for truth curriculum. Um, it is the, uh, truth trackers. And if you go to truthtrackers.org, I think it is, uh, they were helpful to me. It gives some, uh, I read through a bit of their information, I think laying out their philosophy behind it. And, um, and it'll show you the cost of the books. If you sign up for a yearly subscription, you have access to other things and a discount on the books that you buy for the kids. Um, so anyway, that's what we're doing. Thank you so much for asking. If you have any other questions, feel free to shoot them our way. All right. Anything else that we uh, want to cover in the last few minutes here? Well, I just, um, there was, uh, this last question here. I kind of wanted to use in the after show, I guess. Um, but let me double check who it's from. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he asks, uh, we have, we have some feedback here. Does exaggerating help to prove a point? Um, <clears throat> And I thought we could kind of take that into the after show. We're we're only a few minutes away anyway. Uh, What's your thought on that? Or is there something else you want to discuss before we uh, Um, we jump over there? No, no, we can, we can take that um, into the after show. I'll, I'll tease it by saying that exaggerating can prove a point. If you are being clear that you are exaggerating, (laughs) if you are not being clear that you are exaggerating, you are doing what's called building a straw man. <laughs> mm. Yes. Whoa. So kind of, it depends on how, wait, wait, how you go about it. It depends. It depends. Yes. Wait, why does it shock me that you said that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's the thing. And pe- people mock that, that answer and not people on our podcast, but I've heard other people say, Oh, it depends. It's kind of a cop out answer. Well, it, but it's true, though. Sometimes the answer does depend on some yeah, other right. variables. There, I need some more information no. here. Uh, it's like, don't, what, <laughs> don't be what's mad. That, what's that That verse? Basically, a fool answers a matter before he hears it. Yes. How many times do you start answering something? You realize, I don't have all the details. Uh, had, I, had I known that before I answered the question, I would have answered something differently. And so yeah. that's where you have to say, well, it depends. I need more information. Yes. Oh, you know, um, I'll, I'll just put this plug in here. I don't know if we want to include it, um, the audio of it. I watched a video just recently that was a class. It was a beautiful illustration, and it was a real-life happening um, of this Canadian reporter that was just, um, uh, I don't want to say shamed, um, was just humiliated. I mean, if he wasn't. I was for him. Um, I mean, he was humiliated by this guy who knew how to dismantle. Um, oh, I know what an, you're talking about. Yes, an unfounded accusation, and he simply did it by questions. And I was like, "Yes, oh, it was it was brilliant." Um, and he was and then, so casual about it too. It was like, it was. <laughs> I think fantastic. he was like, wasn't he like eating an apple while he was doing yeah, it? He's, he's like just, eating an apple. I'm like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> And, and so he's asking these questions until finally he totally disarmed the question. The man literally had to drop every unfounded accusation leading up. To, I mean, he was trying to frame the question and put the guy in a bad light. And he right. had to shuck all of that and finally just go, oh, why should they vote for you? And then, blammo, he gave this, this 
like right in the face answer that was real, like you said, kind of casual, like boom, boom, boom. Of course we do this. You know, if, if, yeah. you're gonna, if you want this, you want this, this is why you got to vote for me. And I, but I was, it was amazing. Uh, can we, I'll, I'll send you the video. Yeah. Send me, uh, and send me the we, link and I'll put it in the show notes. We, uh, attach that to show notes. Yeah. yeah. That was, uh, that was really something. Yeah. All right. Well, with that being said, let's uh, move over into the after show with that question from one of our patrons uh, about exaggerating to prove a point. If you'd like to hear that conversation, um, and I kind of think you will, um, <laughs> you can head over to patreon.com slash reason together, and you can sign up at the elite level and you'll get access to the after show bonus content over there. Anyway, that being said, we are encouraging balance, developing perspective, and connecting faith to practice. This is Reason Together.